Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to this primary eve episode of Political Straight Talk. I'm your host, the Political Superman, coming to you live from the rain-soaked foothills of the Cherokee National Forest. Matter of fact, on most of the roads here, you can hop in a boat, get you there faster than your car. Having said that, the time, 10.08 on the East Coast, 7.08 on the left coast, and I want to know what's on everybody's mind, the same as on everybody's mind tonight, and that is, what the hell was Joe Kim talking about when he started bashing cow's milk at the Oscars? This guy has lost his mind. Most of them lost their mind last night because it was... uh, Brad Pitt said that he got more time to give an acceptance speech than John Bolton got time in the U.S. Senate, which, you know, given the circumstances, I thought that was kind of funny. Um, but there, there is something to take away from the Oscars, okay? And here's what I took away from it. I went back and looked at some of it today. I didn't watch it, but I did go back and and take a look at a few things. And here's what I'm going to tell you. I know officially now that the Oscars is nothing more than a good old boys club that gives out awards to the good old boy awards. And let me explain why. A documentary produced by Michelle and Barack Obama's production company won Best Documentary. Okay. So I went and looked up how many people have viewed this damn documentary, according to Nielsen. Not even 100,000 people have viewed. All right, going to mute the noisemaker. When you're ready to speak, you can raise your hand. Um, so if not even 100,000 people have seen this documentary. How in the hell can it win an award? I mean, let's just put it where it is. And as I told Amanda the other night, when we were discussing this, I was like, you know, the majority of the things that get nominated, nobody's ever heard of. The Best Picture Award went to some Japanese flick or Korean, whatever, some Asian flick. Okay, Parasite is what it was called. Anybody here ever heard of this? It's a documentary on the Bernie, on the on the Bernie Sanders supporters. Okay, so they're parasites. What can I say? But the point <laughs> is, is that. 
the majority of us have never heard of this stupid documentary. So how is it that it wins an award? And yes, I know the Academy of Motion Pictures, blah, 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 is the one that makes the vote on this. Oh, Noisemaker would like to say something. Hold on just a second. Yes, Noisemaker. I'm not. I'm not making any noise. Now stop it. Everything is muted. It is right now because I muted you. Right now because I muted you. I'm not. I don't know what noise you're hearing, but it ain't coming from me. Um, just so everybody knows, on my screen, anytime somebody makes a noise, your little box pops up on my screen, so I know who's making the noise. When Mark makes noise, it pops up his box. He's purple. When Jill makes noise, it pops up. She's pink. When Amanda pops up, hers is a fuchsia-type color. I can see it. Okay? And right now, the puke brown one that says BL (laughs) is up. So, I can see it. What noise am I making? What noise am I making? It's a click noise. It keeps clicking. But we'll uh, we'll have well, this discussion I'm sorry, but I'm not off the air. Thank you. All right. So before we proceed, hey, I think Arabella would like to say something. Good night. Good night, cupcakes. Good night. Good night. Have a good day at school. We're good. Yeah. Fantastic. Have a good night. Mm-hmm. Okay. Huh? What? He's done. Okay. By the way, Bella has decided she is going to start her own business. And so I am, we'll be, we'll send you all out invite. Also, if you have not got an invite from Forever and Always Baking Company, please like that page, Forever and Always Baking Company. That is mine and Amanda's company. Amanda does most of the work. I just do the behind-the-scenes stuff. If I was the one baking, you wouldn't want to eat it. You might eat it once, but it wouldn't be something you'd pay for over and over again. Uh, So please go like and share it. It's Forever and Always Baking Company. uh, Facebook.com forward slash uh, Forever and Always Baking Co., because it wouldn't let me spell out company. Currently, we've got a little promotion going on. If you, once we hit 200 likes, when we hit 100, we gave away a batch of chocolate-covered strawberries, and that was won by a young lady by the name of Ashley Pitt. When we hit 200, we're going to give another one away. Um, The drawing is random and done by some drawing thing that's done on Facebook. You enter the names in, and it randomly picks the top three. Um, So do that. And also, for you guys, 
here, my regular panel, if whoever gets the most people to join will get a treat of some sorts. So just keep that in mind as you're adding people. Jill's got 9 million people on her Facebook page. She could probably add some. Couldn't you, Jill? And it's junk food. Everybody likes junk food. Barbara said she invited her 200 and some odd people. Mark invited his 10 people that he knows on Facebook. I just now liked it myself for crying out loud. (laughs) With the strawberries? Do you see the strawberries? Yes. Those are actually her work. Both sets. The set that's in the main picture in the background and then the one that's got the multiple different types of chocolate-covered strawberries and blah, blah, blah. Those are hers. That's the batch she did last Wednesday. And they are real strawberries. According to Barbara, they are real strawberries. They're not fake. (laughs) I'm not sure why she put that up there, but that was pretty funny. (laughs) I was actually actually writing back to somebody, but I guess just got lost in the transcript. It got lost, all right. It got put up as a review. These are real strawberries. When I first saw that, I'm thinking, as opposed to what? So let me, before we get more into politics, you you don't need to. I just thought it was funny. (laughs) Besides, we had some fun with that. So the way that, that for for those of you that want to know, because we've been asked a lot about this, There is a physical location where we are selling our products at the moment. It is Piney Bay Coffee Company out of Clarksville, Arkansas. Um, It is not. The difference is is that they're passing the stuff off as their product instead of in association with Forever and Always Baking. So... Anything that you buy food-wise there is is her products. Is she still up or did she go to bed? So so y'all are doing it on consignment? Well, no, she's actually doing it kind of wholesale. Um, she's saying, okay, this is what I'll give you per unit, or this is what you give me per unit, and you can sell it for whatever the hell you want to. Um, it's not a true it's, – it's wholesale in price only, so to speak. It's not a true wholesale where they buy mandatory minimums and things like that. Um, now, while I make them sound like the bad guy, you know, they are giving her an opportunity, so I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to bash them on that. Uh, but the arrangement that they originally had versus the arrangement they're currently doing are two very different things. So, um, and what she has done in order to is Bella is Bella still up? Yes. Bring her over here. We're going to do a different type of kitty corner tonight. Bella was upset I didn't do kitty corner, so I'm going to do kitty corner real quick. But this weekend. This weekend, 
my my little daughters came down and we fixed them up a little tent inside the house. They got to hang out in the tent, which they thought that was kind of neat. Yeah. Uh, and mom canceled the thing because we left um, later. So I think we meet Barbara. Yeah, mom did cancel the Barbara thing. But the problem was Barbara had the runs. Yeah, Barbara had the runs and wouldn't have been able to make it because she kept having to go to the bathroom. Um, Are you talking about me? No, we're talking about some other Barbara. What? No, we're talking about this Barbara. Oh, okay. <laughs> so we went, we took, uh, my hometown is, is a place full of history, whether it's Civil War history, the lost state of Franklin, um, Davy Crockett's birthplace, any number of things is here. And I had asked the girls when they were leaving on Sunday what their best part of the weekend was. And one of the things that Bella brought up was going to visit the Andrew Johnson facility and learning about Andrew Johnson, going and seeing where he's buried, learning about uh, impeachment. And Bella got to vote on whether she would have impeached President Johnson or acquitted President John. And so I'm going to let Bella tell you a little bit about what she learned at the Andrew Johnson uh, Museum and or any of her experience that day. And so if you all give her just a few minutes, that'd be awesome. Go ahead, Bella. Um, I learned that Andrew Johnson, he was the first one to be in Um, he was the first president to be impeached, and that um, the reason I think the reason why they wanted him to be impeached is because he was from the South and he was trying to rebuild up the South, and the North people didn't like it, but he did it anyway. And so we went to go see where his trailer trailer shop was. And um, he was now tell them about tell them about the tailor shop. So tell them where the tailor shop is and how they got the building. How they got the tailor shop inside the building? Um, it's in Greenville, Tennessee. Wait, no, it's not. Oh wait, yeah. It yes, is. it is. I know. It was in Greenville, Tennessee, and they built the museum around it. And all they did, they let it stay there, but all they did was put, like, some rock under it, and they put a surround sound of him walking and cutting, like, clothes. And he he had an iron. You know, it wasn't, like, an iron like today, but it was, like, a heavy um, metal cast iron almost. Um, and there's different shapes, like, there's different kinds of shapes, and he used one of those. He put it in the hot, like, oven, and then would use it to, um, iron his clothes. Okay. Did you learn anything else? Yeah. Okay. 
He should have not been impeached. So I How did you vote? Guilty. You you voted guilty. not to, and why did you vote not to? Because I think that even though he wanted to try to rebuild the south side, that it's okay to rebuild, and because the north side didn't like it. Was he following the Constitution? Uh, yes. And what is and he? He's trying. He's trying to get equality. And what was he buried with? He was buried with the Constitution. And where was flag. the Constitution? Right. Where did they put the Constitution? Like um, by uh, um under his neck. That's right. And where did they put the flag? Over his body, did, like he what? It got wrapped. That's exactly right. They wrapped him in an American flag and then buried him with a constitution under his died, And when he died on the thing, um, when we were in the museum it said that that um the other people thought he was right when he died. That's right. The Supreme Court, uh, what led to Andrew Johnson's impeachment is that he fired the Secretary of War, what is now called Secretary of Defense, and the Congress basically laid a trap for him and passed the Tenure of Office Act. Johnson vetoed the Tenure of Office Act, and Congress overrode him. And basically what Andrew Johnson's uh, theory was at the time was twofold. One, he had the right to fire any secretary of state or any secretary he wanted to because they serve at the pleasure. And B, he wasn't the one that appointed Seward. It was Abraham Lincoln. And so it wasn't his appointment, so he could fire him. And after his death mm-hmm. in 1879, the Supreme Court ruled that Johnson had been correct and that the Tenure of Office Act was unconstitutional. And if you'll notice, the Democrats actually during this impeachment quoted the Tenure of Office Act as precedent for not removing James Comey. Mm -hmm. They forgot to tell you that the Tenure of Office Act was overturned by the Supreme Court in 1879. Oh, All right, anything else, Bella? Yeah, um, when he came to Greenville, he went down from Payne Creek into Greenville. And, he did. Um, when we also went to his house, as Lexi said, we saw a bridge to where the Native Americans and Mexicans met, but it wasn't the Mexicans. <laughs> it was white people. It was. Be- behind our city library is a creek that runs through there, and there's a little area, a watering hole area there. They've built a bridge over. That is the first place where people in Tennessee, because Tennessee wasn't a state at the time, uh, they met, white settlers met with And they they made Greenville. They met the natives there. Well, they traveled up the road a little bit, and they settled and created the oldest town in Tennessee known as Jonesboro, Tennessee. Um, and then mm-hmm. shortly later, 
Greenville came into effect, and Greenville is named. Greenville is the only Greenville with an extra E in it. It's G-R-E-E-N-E-V-I-L-L-E, and that is because it's named after Nathaniel Green. So, all right, anything else, Miss Beller? No. All right. Well, we appreciate you being a part. Actually, yes, I do. I have something. Okay. Have a good night and great day tomorrow. You too. Have a good night. Have a great day at Thank school. Thank you, Paul may, may your mind full of mush be filled with educational material. Yeah. <laughs> Tomorrow we have a test. Yeah. And ATC expires. Well, those ACT expire. Never mind. Good luck on the test. <laughs> I hope you. I hope you good pass luck. the totally pointless test. And do very well. Okay. Good night, Bella. Good night. Good night, Bella. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. So, that was the, I'm going to tell you, that, that was fun, being able to take them and let them see history and to see the capital of the lost state of Franklin. Uh, let them see the cannonball that's in the church, the Civil War hospital that still stands. We have another one. There's a lot of, there is a lot of history in this town. I'm assuming Lexi jumped up and is ready to share her yes. experiences. Well, bring her on. Hello, Alexandria. Were you already asleep? No. No? So, why don't you tell us about the place where the Indians and the Mexicans met? When, when we were, when we were walking back to the car, because it was spitting snow and we were trying to get back to the car, uh, Amanda asked him, okay, so what was this about? And Lexi goes, well, this is where the Indians and the Mexicans met. And that was just the fun. That was absolutely the funniest thing. <laughs> All right. All right, Alexandria. Tell us about your take on Andrew Johnson and the stuff we visited that day. Um, he did horns. What was your best part of it? What did you like the most? What did you learn? Uh, I think we just learned about him. Okay, well, of all the places we visited around town, what was your favorite? Uh, I don't know. Everything. <laughs> Well, did you like going on the top of Monument Hill to where they were buried? Did you like going into that old building where you climbed up the stairs to look at the top? I liked all of it. Okay. Well, what did you learn? What What was something you learned? 
you want to tell everybody before we move on? Two tolls. Huh? That's it. I can't hear you. That's fine. She said toodles. Uh, well, in that case, toodles. Everybody say bye, Lexi. Bye, Lexi. Bye. Wow, well, only get one. I need the rest of them. Don't know how to unmute. All right. I know. Good night, night, Lex. Thank you for sharing with us on Political Trade Talk. Lex says she don't need luck in school. She's just awesome. Okay. All right. So everybody knows the primary is coming up tomorrow. And hopefully New Hampshire has a better grip on the system than the Hawkeye Caucus. Okay. And now I will tell you that I do believe that it will go off without a hitch. because primaries are a lot more structured than caucuses, okay? And 
I think that, yes, the first votes will be cast at midnight. A little town, there's a little bitty town that I think there are 22 people in, will cast their votes here in about an hour and 25 minutes. Wow. Which I'm not super thrilled about. I don't like that they... You're not thrilled. I don't like... But now I will tell you, they have successfully chosen however they vote is generally how the election goes, to be honest with you. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about Bob Barr. Bill Barr, (laughs) however you want to call him. Because he's went on the offensive today. He was addressing the Sheriff's Association where he basically said, look, we're going to start looking at these sanctuary cities because um, the policies of these sanctuary cities are putting people's lives in danger. Look at the mayor that sent out a tweet that a raid was about to happen. If it was me, I would have put her in handcuffs and marched her away. Okay. And basically what Attorney General Barr wants to do is take these cities to court and basically get them to stand down and force these local sheriff's offices to disregard the laws of the state. And remember, the federal government has control over all things immigration, not the state. So the states cannot make policy in regards to immigration. It's about as stupid as all of these cities and counties that pass these ignorant resolutions saying we're not going to take these refugees. Well, I got news for you. If the governor of the state makes a decision, you're going to take them whether you want to or not because he doesn't have to tell you they're putting them Because the governor's the chief executive of the state and the state makes that policy of whether they're going to accept them or not. It's a whole new debate on whether that, you know, the legalities of that, I will just simply say that it's very stupid for all these cities to be wasting these times. Because it costs money to pass these ignorant resolutions, okay? These sanctuary, Second Amendment sanctuary city bills. Stupid waste of time. It's going to do absolutely nothing. The I oppose the sanctuary cities. Stupid, don't waste my time. Okay? And Bob Barr. Uh, were, you, were you aware about Bob Barr or Bill Barr's announcement on sanctuary cities? Yeah, that's what we're talking about. Okay. I just wanted to make sure. You must have stepped away. Briefly. We were, talk- we were talking about, we're talking about what he said at the Sheriff's Association. But yes, they are taking them to court. They are reviewing attorneys general because remember the person that has authority over attorney gen- uh, attorneys general is the top attorney general. Even though it's an elected office in most states, 
the uh, attorney general. Well, you made sued. a comment. You made a comment about how you know the chain of command and on immigration and blah 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 blah, and I get that. But if they don't start making a decision with regards to the um, invasion that we are seeing from Islam, uh, people are going to start rising up against it themselves. You you are aware of that, right? I'm aware that there's some talk about it. I'm aware that there's Muslims infiltrating the country. I'm aware of those things. Okay. Yeah, well, why are they not stopping it then? Um. If they're aware of it, then why are they not stopping it? Some of See, it if they don't, we are going to have to. Simple as that. Well, I, I'll put it. I'll put it this way: as far as as that situation goes, they're trying to stop it, but they're trying to do it a legal way, and it takes time. And I appreciate that. I, I do appreciate that. In fact, I think that's the reason why you see a lot of these resolu- resolutions coming up, legal or illegal. It's the local local cities way of trying to put pressure on the governor of the state to do something. That's my opinion for what that's worth. So here would be my question, okay? And I'm going to put this out to everybody. I'm going to ask each of you. So we have Syrian refugees that have fleed their homes, and they're living in camps, uh, a lot of them up there in the mountains, uh, you know, next to Turkey and Egypt and other areas. Egypt being one of the more modern states. They're looking for a better home, and the U.S. is willing to put some of them in our country under the agreement that they assimilate. Are you saying that just because they're Syrian by birth that we shouldn't accept them? Mark, I'll let you take that one first. We have a long history of letting anyone of any faith come into this country as long as they're willing to assimilate. I have no problem with the people who are of any religion, even Muslim, living and coming to this country, assimilating to our laws and not pushing their religion and super and having their religious beliefs supersede American law and American justice. But in the minute that they do use their religion to supersede American law, that's when you should have the right to kick them out, just like, just like we do with any other culture. And that's all I have. Okay, Barbara? Well, you know, before anybody starts... Saying, well, you know, we we are a land of immigrants. Yes, we are. But when they cross illegally, the difference is that when the immigrants came over in the 1900s, they came because they saw this country as a you know a shining light where they could make a living, have a family, and they became U.S. citizens. That the difference. These people coming over now, they're coming illegally and they expect to be given everything. It don't work like that. And yes, I agree with what the president has been doing and banning certain countries from coming here. You know, because we don't know if they're terrorists. 
We don't know if they're criminals. I mean, you know, and and the green light law that they passed in New York, I mean, wasn't it last month that they released a illegal alien? He went and killed a 92-year-old woman, raped children, and basically he's back on the street. Well, he's not right now. Yeah. He was. Well, not right now, that, but he was. Until he allegedly killed that woman. you got to protect Americans. You know, that's I why, agree. You know, I don't listen to the Oscars. I mean, I don't listen to the Oscars particularly for that reason, because they want illegal aliens here. I don't care for what, but they love them. And let's go down to the border. Oh, let's coddle them. Let's, you know, hug them. Give them a hug. You know, what about our people? What about our children who are starving day to day? And their parents are drug addicts or prostitutes, you know, and and these kids have nothing. And you don't give a damn about them. All you care about is, oh, we've got to protect these children who are in cages. Okay. The cage policy was actually started under Obama, but, you know, hey. Yes, All I right, know. Jill? I know. <laughs> well, my issue has always been the same one, okay, and, and this applies to all Middle Easterners, period, who claim to be Muslim. They can't teach Islam without teaching about jihad and without teaching about the infidel and without teaching about takia. And if takia means that they can lie about anything, even being peaceful, as long as it advances the kingdom of Allah, then when someone looks at you a poor, lowly little refugee from Somalia like Ilan Omar was and says, I'm peaceful, I'm peaceful, and I believe in America, blah, 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 blah. I don't trust a word they say. Their Bible teaches, their their Bible, their Quran teaches them to see us to smile at us outwardly and inwardly, they look at us like we are ravening wolves. So I'm here to tell you, people had better wake up because I don't trust a single one of them, not one. I, I was on an air, airplane flight to Arizona a couple years back, and there was a woman sitting next to me who... We got to talking about things, and she told me that she had a neighbor that was Muslim, and she had befriended the wife. And outwardly, they're very nice people, nice to everybody in the neighborhood. And inwardly, behind closed doors, the wife confided to my friend on the plane that she wanted to get away from her husband. So while everybody thinks that they're smiling at you and being nice and everything else, I don't trust it 
Because if they can lie, they're not worthy of trust, period. That's what I got to say. So on that, I had the experience, I've had the experience over the years to visit several mosques to interact with those that call themselves Muslims. There are there are different terms based on different sects of Muslims. Okay. Uh, there's Muslim, there's Muslim, there's those that study Islam, there are those that study according to them, okay? Sharia, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. One of the things that I took note of was when the big mosque was being built in Murfreesboro. Okay. I chose to watch how that process played out. A lot of that process was done in the dark. Okay. Well, then the Muslims got smart. They started purchasing movie theaters. Well, at first, I couldn't understand why. Made no sense to me. And then I figured it out because I saw it with my own eyes. A mosque that is in a movie theater is there because the gun range is indoors. Gun range is held in these movie theaters. They combine them, put soundproofing, soundproofing that they take off of the inner walls, they put in the outer walls that they fill in where the doors are. And Dwayne and I were not supposed to see that. Okay? Now, why is that important? Do I think that every person that is a Muslim in this country, foreign or domestic, wants to kill us? No. Okay? I don't. Do I think that a large part of the population wants to convert those that believe in Christianity to Islam? Yes, I do. Do I think that Elon Omar is on the up and up? No, I don't. I think she's a crook, a shyster, and wants to implement Sharia law as long as she's in the governing body that does it. I know of multiple terrorist training camps that are Islam-related. Okay? Matter of fact, Amanda, if I'm correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't you read an article about that very thing the other day? Huh? Yes. Okay, I thought so. So, to Jill's point, I'm going to I'm going to defer to part of her point, and that is we need to really watch who's coming into the country, no matter what their religious background. Um, also, to take from Jill's point there's not going to be a big uprising in the street of people getting into fights with Muslims anytime soon. It's not going to happen. Will it down the road? Maybe. I think another civil war is coming anyway. Okay. Will I speak? May I speak? Of course. Okay. Well, I was just going to say that um, they it's because they're still in the minority that they haven't done anything. You know, they, they've, I, I distinctly recall at the very early part of the 2016 campaign, 
um, seeing, I mean, uh, being on Twitter, you see all kinds of crazy stuff. And, you know, I saw uh, marches that they did in London and so forth. It was all Islamic. And, um, you know, their imams just were in the streets saying, we're going to rape your women, we're going to impregnate your women, and we're going to overpopulate. And that's the key. They want, and they're, and they're attempting to do the same thing here. They come in here, they make babies, they make lots and lots and lots and lots of babies and raise them up in what they know. And that's how I believe that they're, why nothing yet has, has happened, but yet the training has begun. So apparently they have enough population to where they can start the training and they can build all these mosques and, and what have you, but they're just not there population-wise yet. But that, that's their ultimate goal. There is a video online um, where a woman talks about, in, you know, indoctrinating uh, Americans through the schools. And that's, we've seen that happen. That's begun in well, a lot of places. It just depends on what state you're in. You know, there are states, our state, we don't have it happening, but I'm just saying it's happening in some states, the more liberal states. I have, I have said that for a long time, so I, I agree with that. However, I don't think, I do think that a civil war is coming, which leads me into another point, and I don't remember what idiotic Democratic campaign person said this, but it was incredibly stupid. And they made the comment that an AK-47 is no match for an F-14. Basically saying that if the people rose up against the government, the government would use the military's arsenal against its own people. Now, they did it in Waco. I'm just going to tell you. Well, Waco... They will. They did it in Waco. <laughs> listen, Waco's a bit of a different story. Okay? I, Ruby Ridge... I, but but Ruby that's, Ridge. they still did. <laughs> Ruby Ridge, I have a problem with. Okay? Because that was handled completely inappropriately. I don't really have a problem with how David Koresh was handled. Okay? I don't. Well, I don't either. I, I don't either. It's just the, the, the point of the fact that there's human lives, et cetera. But just off the cuff, you think a civil war will happen before? You don't think that they'll try to institute Article 5 first? No. No. You I don't think, think so? No. I think, I think here's what's going to happen. Okay. I'm, I'm, we're going to segue into this idiot. I wish I could remember what campaign said it. Somebody be looking that up. Said that even though firearms, the right to bear arms, is not enough to go against the federal government or to rise up against the government. Find out what campaign said that. Somebody look that up. Um, no, here's kind of what's going to happen. Trump's going to win re-election here in November. 
okay, you will see liberal cities burn, okay? They're going to burn on election night. People need to understand that right now. They're going to burn. Chicago, New York City, Los Angeles, Sacramento, um, possibly uh, Cleveland. Seattle. Um, Seattle, maybe. Um, I've not really seen Seattle people do stupid shit in that city. The cops don't. San Fran. Um, San Francisco. California will have the biggest, but there's going to be, there will be riots in the streets in those cities. There will be Antifa, Black Lives Matter. Those groups will instigate. They're already setting up a precursor to this. The New York City subway thing was a dry run. So, are they going to institute martial law? Um, I'm going to tell you, um, if if Trump if Trump is at the top of his game, I guarantee you that martial law will take effect. Okay, martial law will take effect, and Newsom and Cuomo. Well, what will that mean? About, what will that mean in terms of travel? Like traveling um, just to and fro. Well, you'd be an idiot if you traveled into one of those zones. Oh, I'm so, okay. Was, so he would only he would only do it throughout those areas. He wouldn't do it in places where it wasn't occurring. No, I don't see uh, the way the way martial law works. It, he would have a very hard time instituting full martial law in the United States because that requires Congress to get involved there. Okay. I do, in fact, he does, in fact, have the authority state by state to go in to these localities. For example, Chicago. He can call up Mayor Lightfoot and say, look, I'm willing to federalize the National Guard. But most of what happens is the state will be given the opportunity to do it first. If they don't quell it and quell it quick, then the feds can go in there. But the states will have to start the process because, remember, much like happened in Katrina, feds have it, – it takes a lot for the feds to be able to cross into a state's jurisdiction. I know. Okay. So most likely, let's say something happened in San Diego. What would happen is San Diego is a military town. And so they would deploy, what they would do is they would deploy the military on all the interstates that run in there, I-5, I-9. They would have the military sitting on the interstates waiting to go because interstate is federal property. Any of these other cities in Chicago and other places, Chicago is nothing but a bunch of interstates. So they can control pretty much everything from the interstate. But there will be riots on election night, once the election is certified uh, by the news media, people just better get ready for it because it's going to happen. Okay? Now, to be honest, I'm also going to tell you, I think that's a good thing. You got inside intel on this. Um, Anybody that's in politics has half a brain knows that it's coming. 
There, people are already preparing. Okay, I'm going to give you an example. Antifa, using a couple uh, front companies, has already rented out any bus or van that is available in the five metro areas of Chicago, of uh, uh, California. In Chicago, same thing has been done. The DNC, the Rishio <coughs> company, not the DNC itself, has already rented every van or bus that's available for election day and three days after. Now, what does that tell you? Okay. You won't see riots. Now, in Nashville, you may see a, what's called a quiet riot. Um, they'll go sit on the interstate and the highway patrol will close off that section and let them sit there for a while and then run them out. Um, but this is why this is a good thing, okay? A riot, the riots that are going to go on on election night, y'all mark this down, okay? I think they are a great thing. Let them happen. Let them take place. Because that will then expose the Democratic Party and all of its subordinates, including the news media, for what they are. And the Democratic Party will be in shambles. Mm -hmm. They're already in trouble now. But they'll be more in shambles when that happens. Do Republicans go out in the street and have riots and cause problems? No. 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 They got to get up and go to work the next day. Okay? They go vote. They keep quiet. They go to work. Yeah. So-called independents that really aren't independent, they too, the majority of them, get up, go to work. Okay? Those are the people that are making the economy boom. The morons that you're going to see protesting are going to be the ones that are most affected by the budget that was released today. Okay? The swift reaction that I saw on the budget and what corners it was coming from told me everything. Okay, on CNN, they trotted out. Flashing. They, they trotted out this mother, this black mom that had seven kids. That was a single mom that lived in downtown Chicago in public housing. They trotted her out, and she could very well lose her home because they're cutting the Department of Housing and Urban Development. Okay? What they didn't tell everybody in that commercial is that the budgetary losses that they're going to lose does not affect Section 8 and does not affect the government housing that's already in place. It affects new government housing. Ah. Okay? So that's still going to exist then? Yes the food stamp program that they want to cut, the cuts that they want to make to that program. It's not going to affect families that are on that program. It's going to affect able-bodied, lazy-ass people that won't go to work. And it's going to say, okay, we're taking away from you, we're taking away from you the ability to have these cash grants, and these people are going to shop online, and we're going to send them their food. They're not going to be given cash benefits. Right? I think that is a stupendous mm-hmm. idea. Okay? There's a lot of people that disagree with that, but you know what? When you're on the government tip, 
you take but what I the taxpayers it. are willing to give. Okay. But and before anybody, be, oh my God, I swear. Before anybody goes crazy, <laughs> the way I understand it, before anybody goes nuts, is that they're not they're not going to limit what you can buy. If it's already able to be purchased with food stamps, you can still purchase it. But the way it's going to work is that instead of you being given a debit card that you go and purchase everything at the local you know, 7-Eleven or whatever, um, you will place your order online through a vendor that the prices and whatever has been negotiated with the USDA. Um, there's an argument to be made for and against that, and that's something we can make an argument for at another time. But again, they trotted out this woman, okay, uh, white trash is exactly what she was, how she was dressed, how she talked, how she acted, was it was her benefits, and she didn't need people messing with her benefits. No, what you need to do is pull up your pants, zip up your pants, and get a damn job. Because they ask her. Well, well what kind of job do you okay. Have? Hang on, hang on. Indiana has a, a program already in place. Anybody that is getting food stamps that is, and there are exemptions, people who are disabled are exempt from it, but they have a program whereby if they are not disabled and they're just poor, they are requiring that they have participate in their work program, and if they don't, then they end up losing their benefits. Right. So I'm not sure that, that what you're subscribing to is going to work any better well, than what than that is. Well, I'm that's what's putting people how, back to work. No, it ain't. As a matter of fact, and I looked up, I looked this up. As a matter of fact, just about every state in the union waivers every single person through the program. Okay. In other words, the states, Indiana, Tennessee, Alabama, Arkansas, New York, California, they want as much of that food stamp pie as they can get. It. Okay. And so what they do is they waiver these people and they come up with the dumbest things to waiver them. Like I read where in Alabama, DHS wavered a guy because his pinky toe crinkled up too much. Oh. Anyway. And it was uncomfortable for him to stand on. Okay. Okay. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Though no. that's not that's not disabled. You don't. They don't. That's my point. When you have when you have people making the decisions inside of these departments, these people are being told protect our budget. Okay. Because if we don't use all the money this year, we're not going to get it next year. And so the state, even though it sounds good on paper that, oh, hey, Joe Blow isn't going to get food stamps because he's able-bodied and can work, when in reality, he's still going to get them. Okay, so what the government is saying, what the USDA is saying is that they're going to stop. Because here's how it works. The federal government gives the state of Indiana X number of dollars for food stamps. Okay. Now, and from that point forward, the state takes over. 
hang on, let me finish. The state can determine exactly how they use that money. They can use it administratively to oversee the food stamp program, which they do. They can use part of it for food stamps. They can use part of it for retraining, whatever, as long as it applies to the SNAP program. Under the budget, basically the states will lose their block grant. They will not have the authority to determine who is and is not food stamp eligible based on waiver. Here is the requirement. It will be very rigid, and here is how you do it. When they are available to get those benefits, because nearly a eighth of the program or 8% of the program is waste and fraud by reselling your food stamps, well, we're going to stop that because you're going to order them online. We're going to ship them to you. Okay? Now, I don't know all the nuances to the program, to be honest. I haven't I haven't read up on it. I will. But what they're saying is that we're going to cut out people being able to go and, for example, when you go to the market, well, I can go to Food City. There are, there are three main stores in my town, Food City, Ingalls, and Publix, okay? Food City and Publix are a little more expensive than, say, Ingalls, but they carry a better selection of stuff. Uh, I'm a Publix guy, so I like to shop at Publix or Walmart. Walmart's also a grocery store here. Okay, well, on food stamps, I can go to Publix, and I'm going to get Publix's name. I'm going to get the name brand milk here, which is Mayfield or Dean Dean Foods, any Dean Foods, all the same stuff, um, which costs generally two, two and a half dollars more than the Publix brand of milk. But at Publix, that same gallon of milk that's in the Publix brand costs a dollar and a half more than the Walmart brand. So basically what the government's saying is that they're going to negotiate food prices with vendors to where they negotiate, okay, you will get X percentage of our food stamp business through your online market, and this is the price that they're going to pay. And it's going to make stuff go a little further, and Walmart and these other places, whoever it is, I'm not saying it's Walmart, um, will pretty much make it to where you can either drop by and pick it up or you buy it um, or you have it shipped to you. And I think that is a great, great option. It's all done online. It's all done before you ever walk to the store. You have to show your ID in order to pick up the, the bag of food or bags of food. Listen, I think that's great. It's going to put a lot of little grocers out of business. If not very well. Probably. Well, shame on the government for doing that then. See, this is the problem. They're they're not staying within their enumerated powers. Now, are they? They're trying to control how people shop. That's taking my freedom. Sorry, not interested. They can keep their lousy $16 a month that I get being disabled. and that's and that's my point. That's part of my point right there. So, Jill, you you said you get sixteen dollars a month. My my stepmom gets about the same amount. Well, the paperwork and the hoops that she had to jump through to get it, and the drug test that she had to take, she decided she didn't want to fool with. 
Mark well, there's no drug testing here. I don't know how they work it there, but you know, it's oh, it, just it, with your own disability. If you're on disability, which I am through Social Security Disability, then then you automatically get X amount of dollars because of being, you know, on a fixed income. But so and and my, my income is limited. I mean, it's limited because of the fact that you can only you can work, even being on disability. You know, you can work. You can earn up to like I, I don't know. I think it's like seven hundred dollars a month extra on top of your disability without losing it. Did you know that? They also have a um, a, a back-to-work program to where if you're on disability and you want to try going back to work, it has to be full-time. You have to do 40 hours. Um, They allow you to keep your benefits for a certain – I think it's like nine – you have to go nine months earning over a certain amount of money per month before they, you know, take you off of it. And then if they do take you off of it and you've already been on disability and at some point you determine you can't do the job, then you don't have to reapply. You're automatically reinstated. That's the way it should run. They give you you that option on disability. On retirement, actually, ironically, what I found out is my dad can go back to work and he can earn as much money as he wants to, and still get his social security. Yeah, you can once you're retirement. once you're retirement age. You can, you can you can make as much money as you want. So now going moving on from this topic, because I didn't want to I didn't want to be in this topic too long. I will say this: that however they choose to do it, and however they choose to work it, um, I don't know the nuances of it. I do know that. The majority of small grocers, okay, and I know quite a few um, in this area. I've known a few in several other areas. I've asked them before what percentage of their sales are food stamps. And the answer actually shocked me. They said that if they were to take the food stamp terminals out of their stores, and some of these are in, in economically depressed areas, it would not hurt them. They said it makes up maybe 5% of their overall sales. The most I heard was 8%. And so I asked them why that was, and they told me that most people will not, most people that are on a food stamp type budget for groceries don't go to small grocers because small grocers target people that want fresh cut meat, people that want deli meat, things that they're not going to buy with food stamps. Okay. They're going to get the cheaper prepackaged stuff. So I don't know. Maybe some small grocers get hurt, but I don't see a big whopping amount of them. Plus, I see more money actually going to the grocers overall under a a different plan like this than is now. To be honest with you, yeah, I'm gonna. I'll, I'll give you an example. I know someone right now that calls up someone in my family once a month and says, hey, I'll sell you $200 of food stamps for $100. Well, hell, I don't know about you, but that's a great deal. Check, please. It's also, it's also illegal and it can mean serious jail time <laughs> it could if you're if you're the one that goes and buys the stuff but what happens is you make out a list of what you want and they go buy it 
they pay for it, and they bring it to you. You've not done anything illegal. You sent them to buy groceries. You said, hey, I've only got X number of dollars. They spend whatever. Okay? Where the legality is is when you use somebody else's card yourself to do the purchase. Now, okay? Now, I'm not advocating for that. I'm just simply saying that that's out there, and there is a ton of it. I have seen it on Craigslist. Well, you know what? You know what the first is? You know why the, everybody's screaming and crying about illegals getting insurance coverage, health insurance coverage? Well, I got news for you. When you apply for SNAP or food stamps, you automatically apply for insurance, too. Did you know that? Um, they automatically states, put you in for insurance through Medicaid. In most states. Automatically. That is, that is, in most yeah. states, that's true. All right, so, let's so that's why you have all these people that are getting, you know, that are refugees and whatnot over here legally, not illegally, but the legal ones that are living off the government. I don't I, – listen, I'm well, not disputing I've heard today – I read today that President Trump is going to start cracking down on these people that claim disability. Good. I hope it. I hope it passes. All he, he has to do. See, he doesn't even need a congressional act to do that. All he needs to do, and I have often thought that the government should have done this a long time ago. You create a three doctor panel, and at least two out of the three doctors have to agree. You shut down all kickbacks because doctors get kickbacks when it's an individual doctor from the lawyers. You lay the hammer down. One of the number one disability attorneys in Kentucky who did hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds of cases had a doctor on the payroll. And what he would do is when he would get his 30% of the big lump sum payment, he'd give the doctor 10%. Okay, so there, there needs to be a thing in place. A lot of people that are on disability today should not be. Okay. No, you're right. you're absolutely right. I applied, going... and in three months, hear me, hear this out. In three months, I got my answer yes. There was no fighting. There was no attorney. There was no nothing, because I was truly disabled. It's people that aren't that are playing the playing the the attorney game, the lawyer game. Oh, I can't I... handle authority, so my shrink told me I need to file disability. It's that kind of crap that's causing all the problems. My daughter, who, one of my daughters, um, has a mental disorder, okay? And when I say mental disorder, it's not, you know, she's not schizo or nothing. You might think she is sometimes with her highs and lows, but um, she has Pataki-Lovsky syndrome, and part of it is delayed mental function. She functions probably at a seven, eight-year-old level for the most part. Okay? And she's 15 almost. Okay? I jump through absolute hoops to get her on disability. And she is on disability. And I'm not ashamed of her being on disability because... Her mother and myself both pay into the system. 
and I'm never going to see disability, and neither is or retirement, Social Security, and neither are most. So I'd rather it go to Marissa. And anybody that's ever heard Marissa or met Marissa on our program, um, she's a trip. So she, she of all people, deserves it. Now, having said that, um, one of the things that I hope they do is they remove alcoholism, obesity, uh, anxiety, um, and a, a myriad of other conditions off the rolls so that we can phase these people off of these checks. Because to simply remove alcoholism, obesity, and anxiety, if you remove those three conditions for disability, you're going to get rid of almost 14% of the disability rolls. Okay? If you're fat, lose weight. I'm a fat person. I can say that. Okay. If you're an alcoholic, seek some help. Now, find an AA I meeting. Understand how? I don't understand sure. how these people can get on disability. I don't get it. Because they have classified alcoholism as a disease, obesity as a food disease, and yes, some obesity is. Mine is because I like to eat. Okay. And yeah, but I don't think I don't think alcoholism in and of itself, until there's damage to organs and whatnot, is going to be is going to be classified as disabled. Though you you make it sound it are, like people that just is. like to run down to the bar on Friday night, you know that they're claiming disability and that they're getting it. And I they don't necessarily. Well, okay, then if that's the case, then that needs to end. If they've got damage to, like if they've, if they've got cirrhosis, well, that's a different story because then there's different symptoms. There's no. different things that... Why? Cirrhosis of the liver Why? is a... It's not the government's hold, fault. Hold on a second. Amanda, are you awake? Well, it's not the government's fault that I got COPD and... Hashimoto's disease, either. Yeah. Do you see what I'm okay. saying? I mean, <laughs> well, and and okay, so let's take this. Let's let's take this back. So, Amanda. But you can't. You can't Barbara, blame the government. Barbara. For being. Barbara. Hold that thought. Yeah. I'm going down a different path. Hold that thought. Yeah. Amanda. Alcoholism is defined as a disease, correct? Yes. I already knew that was the case. Okay. Now, it didn't used to be, but there's a reason I'm I'm mentioning this. Because Amanda used to work in psych many moons ago. I worked in psych. And you'd be amazed at how many drunks we saw. Okay. It is hereditary. I'm, I'm aware that alcoholism is considered hereditary. Um, now, having said that, obesity is also considered a disease, even though the fatness itself isn't the disease, it's what it causes. Okay, I'll give you all an example. Uh, about five months ago, 
I weighed 358 pounds. Okay. During that 358 pound stint, oh, did it suck. Okay. I couldn't walk through Walmart without pushing a cart. Okay. I could, but it hurt. I had problems walking long distances. Now, why am I telling this? Because over the past five and a half months, I've lost 50 pounds. Okay? And just the huge difference between 358 and 308, just the difference in what I can do and, and how I do it, that is a huge difference. Okay? Now, should I be able to claim disability because I allowed myself to get to 308 pounds? Yep. No, I shouldn't. Okay? Now, Jill, this isn't meant at you. You're going to take it that way, but it ain't meant at you. COPD. What's the number one cause of COPD? Well, they like to say it's caused by smoking, but it's been proven uh, that ding, it, ding, ding. It's, it's caused by smoking. It can be caused by environmental factors. It can be caused by genetics. There's a number of different reasons. So what was yours caused by, if I may ask? Do what? What was yours caused by? Well, I smoked for a lot of years, but that doesn't mean that that's what caused it. My mother had it, too. So my mother. So it's in is, my family. My mother is currently laying in a nursing home, um, being smothered to death and fluided to death from congestive heart failure, COPD, leukemia, and renal failure. Okay. Now, since 1986, my mother has been on disability. 1986. Do you know what her disability was in 1986? I can only imagine. Anybody want to take a guess? Well, it wasn't nearly as much, I'm sure, because the cost of living wasn't the same as it is today either. I know that, but I'm, I'm saying... And it depends on how much she worked. Well, I, I'm going to share that information with you. Anybody know what she was diagnosed with in 1986 that made her disabled? Was she bipolar? She was not. As a matter of fact, my mother is a master manipulator. She is one of the most intelligent people walking the earth today. Okay? Well, she ain't walking now, but she, she, she spent many, many years getting out of working. Sadly... She is one of the most intelligent people. Okay. Her disability was carpal tunnel in her left hand. And what made it quite interesting is that it was like carpal tunnel in her left hand. But because she kept suing and kept oh suing and kept suing, they gave it to her. Okay. So in 19... In 1990, no, I'm sorry. 
in 2006, my mother was diagnosed with leukemia. She was sent to Vanderbilt University, and she was put on an experimental treatment that had never been done before. It cost over $1.5 million to do this treatment that was paid for that was paid for by the hospital. Every bit of her care. But what they found out when they went into this when they went into this is that they had to reprogram her because she had been taking painkillers and she had diabetes because she was overweight, not taking care of herself. And they basically had to break her down and redo everything. Get her, flush her system out, and redo everything. So fast forward seven months, seven and a half months. She is released from the hospital because she was in the hospital this whole time. She was released from the hospital with a clean bill of health. She was in full remission. She had kicked her opioid habit. She had. She was told to eat holistically, a lot of fruits, vegetables, stay away from this, and don't start smoking again. Okay. Never mind you. Mute you a minute. What is that noise? That's Amanda. I got to mute her. Hang on a second. All right. So um, when she came out of the program, she was clean. No problems, no issues. Only thing she was told is to eat healthy and no smoking and to take her pills. She had been out three weeks, maybe four, and I seen her with a a cigarette in her hand. I was livid. She had went seven months without smoking. Everybody else paying for her medical care. The community that she lived in had raised almost $15,000 out of their own pocket tapes, very economically depressed area known as Bulls Gap, so that my grandmother could stay down there in a hotel for seven months. My grandmother lived down there. She came home on the weekends. I went and picked her up, brought her home, took her back. She would not not be down there. Okay? Threw all of it away. She went and got her prescriptions, got back on painkillers, um, to give to my brother. She smoked. Well, I guess she'd been smoking about a year. She was diagnosed with, you guessed it, COPD and CHF. Well, Medicaid gets to take care of all those bills. Now, her disability check kept going up. Now, here's what infuriates me about this, because I will tell you, and I've told my mother this, if I ever became a pre- the president and got an opportunity to kick her ass off of a disability, I would. Okay? <laughs> she informed me and anybody else that would listen, she wouldn't vote for me if I was the only person on the ballot. <laughs> <laughs> which, is, which is fine. Um, <laughs> but <sighs> I tell this story. For hey, this did story. she ever work in her lifetime? She did. My mother was actually an RN. Okay. And how long did she work as an RN? Oh, now there you go. 
two years she worked as an RN. It's two years. Two years. Okay, did she did she ever work ten years consecutively? She did not. Okay, so because today, unless you are severely disabled, like you're born, it's a congenital type thing. You know, you don't get off scot free like that. Well, you can't nowadays. You have to have worked for the last ten years in order to qualify to get disability. Yes. Did you know that? Guess what? Guess what? There's this little thing called a waiver. Ay, ay, ay. Most people give the waivers. That, that, that's okay. my point. Getting a waiver is easy to get. So let's move on because there's some other topics I want to cover. All right. So tomorrow we have a rally or a can, vote going Can on. I say something? Proceed. Doesn't make any difference now. Go on. Say what you're going to say. No, it wasn't what I was going to say, but that was 10 minutes ago. Forget it. Move on. Well, thank you for your permission. I asked you to hold your thought that I was going down a different path there, buddy. Well, well. Well, I was going to talk about disability, too, but... Go ahead. Go ahead. I thought was, but it's not... You have COPD, like I do. It's not the government's fault. It's not the government's fault that you pick up a drink every night and get posted. It's not the government's fault that you can't stop eating... 5,200 hamburgers from McDonald's every day. That was my point. Correct. Well, it's not the government's place. And and part of that is, part of that was my point. Yeah, but they're paying, that, but they're paying disability over it. They're giving people there, money for it. That there are some things that need to be removed from the equation. Now, I agree with Jill in the sense that they can't prove that the COPD came from smoking, especially if she has a family history of it. Amanda, is COPD considered hereditary too? I can't. I've never read where COPD is hereditary. Well, I'm asking the nurse. I'd be happy to send you the link. I'm asking the nurse. Well, I've been a nurse for 40 years, Jill. I was a nurse for 40 years, Jill, and I have never read anything that COPD is hereditary. Well, COPD is a lung disease, right? That it is. And prior to being called COPD, it was called emphysema. It's the same thing. Amanda, is is emphysema... Hang on, I'm going to ask. Amanda, is it considered hereditary pulmonary disease? I have seen that um, studies show that it can be hereditary um, from some of the things that I've read. 
But I think that, I think part of the reason that it can be hereditary is because those underlying factors are hereditary as well. So um, you got to look at what came first. Was it, you know, or was it? I've known people. Go ahead, Barb. Known people who had never smoked a day. I smoked. I've read and met people who have never smoked a day in their life and have lung cancer. Right. Right. Because of environmental factors. So, boy. But that, that does not mean that there isn't a hereditary correlation between some of these diseases. For example, cirrhosis of the liver. Well, there's no proof that cirrhosis of the liver is hereditary until you factor in what's the primary cause of cirrhosis of the liver? Alcoholism. Alcoholism has been proven to be hereditary. Well, and there's also also correlation. Hang on. Barbara, go ahead. You're first. Hang on. My mother and father both drank like fishes. They did not have cirrhosis of liver. I do not have cirrhosis of liver. So, right. I mean, there's this part of your makeup. But not every case. Not it doesn't mean to... <laughs> diabetes. Listen, diabetes is hereditary in a lot of cases. Okay, my mother yes, has diabetes. Yes, that's true. Okay, but I don't. Okay. But you got you got to look at it like this. Okay, so say for instance, diabetes. It's an autoimmune disorder. Okay. Well, there are fifty million autoimmune disorders. Thank so you. My, when my daughter got diagnosed with type one diabetes. We don't have anybody in our family that's a type 1 diabetic, but we do have people that have rheumatoid arthritis. Rheumatoid arthritis is an autoimmune disorder. So, mm-hmm. Brooke's diabetes manifested as an, as an autoimmune disorder, and it manifested as type 1 diabetes. So, I mean, it's it, it's basically really the question of um, what came first, the cart or the horse or the egg or the chicken. But, <laughs> but it, it basically all boils down to that, that if you have these genes within your, in your line of system, there's the potential for the rest of the people in your line to have those disorders as well. Right. And I mean, just like just like with with the cardiac disease, both my parents yeah. have cardiac disease. Both of them have high triglyceride levels. They both had heart attacks. They both had stents. Me, I've had nothing, but I have a predisposition for those things. By the way, did you give your dad that string today? Forgot. I'll give it. <laughs> well, one of the things that 
was going to say earlier was that they have found that the autoimmune diseases um, oftentimes is causing a lot of, that, that that's the underlying uh, start to it. The thyroid, um, they're finding way more out about it now. I mean, I have a thyroid condition, which is hypothyroid, hypothyroidism, that was not, it was an adult onset, but they said that it was, that I'd had it for years and just didn't know it because I wasn't symptomatic. So there's just, you know, there's so many things that's happening with the human body, and then you have all the other things, the environmental factors and everything else. People are differently handling things and having different diseases today than they did 100 years ago. And that's because there were some cures, but then you've also had 100 years pass by and you've got different environmental factors, different situations. So I don't know. Um, I, I personally think that it can be uh, a number of things. Genetics, I think there's a lot to do with genetics because there's, it reminded me of a, a program on 60 Minutes I saw where there was a guy doing his internship in geriatrics and he studied people that were um, like between 95 and 105 years old and all to, he was looking for a life, a long life gene and he studied their habits there were people that smoked, there were people that drank, there were people that, you know, had different things, there were some that didn't. But the one thing they had in common was this one gene that he determined through his uh, thesis and so forth that it was a long life gene, that either you are born with it or you're not. And I, so anyway, I find that extremely interesting because if that can determine a long life, then, you know, genetics ought to be able to determine a lot of other things, too. All right. And we certainly appreciate everybody tuning in to Medical Straight Talk, hosted by the political <laughs> system. Um, now, let's move uh, on, if we may. Has has everybody got their got their medical stuff in that they want to mention before we move on? I don't think y'all even want me to get started. Well, we we don't have a psychiatrist on the line to help you, so. <laughs> Oh, come on. Oh, come on. We want to hear it. Darling, thank y'all want me to get started. Oh, good Lord. No, y'all don't want to hear most of this. Dr. Superman, can I? Dr. Superman? Yes, yes. Dr. Superman, every night I watch the Hang on. I'm going to take a picture for y'all and send it to y'all in the chat because as you say this, I was sitting here playing with a lamp that I've got. I've got a headlamp. Hang on. I'm going to send y'all a picture. Of this headlamp oh. I'm just sitting here playing with. Y'all are going to find this You're funny. You're going tonight, huh? Well, you know, the funny thing is, you never know where this damn show is going to go. 
I do want to take usually a, to the gutter. Are, usually to the gutter. Are, usually to so the gutter. Right. Who who's currently drinking? <clears throat> Who has drunk at any point in time Me. during the show? Well, you're always drinking. So Me. it's kind of implied. Yeah. I'm on a sweet tea. Well, I have a shot of George Dickinson. You know what, if here, I saw him entering the operating room. <laughs> if, if I saw that entering the operating room with the mask on, I'd run. Here, I'll send it to Jill. No, hurry. Jill decided to leave our little group, so I have to send it to her separate. Um, what's the matter? You wouldn't want to take over too, too much chatter. Gosh, it was like I couldn't do anything else. It was constantly popping up on my phone. I'm like, geez, leave me alone. What you, Barbara? I did. I, I, I paused the notifications for 24 hours, and that didn't help. <laughs> you, can, you can pause them. Well, I pause mine. I go and check it like once a day. All right, so let's let's move back into politics. <laughs> Funny that we're sitting here talking about this, and I have that on my head. <laughs> oh, gone it! I was born a coal mine starter. Wow. It's uh, okay. I'm going to Photoshop uh, a hard hat and some coal in your face soon. <laughs> so, I thought it was funny. You anyway, do look thinner. That's what Amanda says. You look thinner in the face. That's what I'm Looks like a football now. <laughs> you ain't getting any home cooked meals. <laughs> <laughs> what is it, Chick fil A seven nights a week? I wish it was. I wish it was. No. It's, yeah, we won't even go there. Although, Saturday, was it Friday night? Friday night, we had a great spaghetti dinner. And Amanda mm-hmm. was the was the cooker of said meal. And then Saturday, we had steaks and roast beef and uh, pot roast and... Um, and you didn't have great. No. Although you were free to come, it was at Golden Corral. I love me some Golden Corral. I, I, I think I could hurt them on the prime rib What's night. This? Yeah, prime, the prime what? rib was okay, but I'll tell you what, I liked the steaks better the other night. They were better. I and, go to uh, O'Charlie's. O'Charlie's has got good prime rib. The best time to go to O'Charlie's is Wednesday night, free pie night. Um. And the rolls, 
Yeah, you don't want a fat person sitting down to eat their rolls. I can eat them out of house and home and rolls and make my food home. Uh, I did that one time. I sat there and ate a ton of rolls and took my food home. I'm just going to tell you. I don't think you ate any rolls. Can I just tell you my... Hold on. Amanda, what were you saying? I don't think you ate any rolls. I did not. I stuck with protein and vegetables. Oh, yeah, and a little bit of starch with some mashed potatoes. And and then I had a thing or two of the chocolate pudding, yeah. Amanda told us that uh, that uh, she was eating her food, and, and most of us were already being done. And she's like, I hope y'all ain't planning on getting up and leaving because I got to go back and get some more. <laughs> so I'm going to tell you this. I'm gonna tell you the story, and then we're gonna move on to 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 Tammy. Years ago, my grandmother. Now, to to put it in in perspective, my grandmother was five foot tall and weighed ninety five pounds. Okay, and she had what I like to call alligator eyes and a hummingbird belly. She would go. She she liked the golden she liked the golden corral. So we'd go, and she'd get this big old plate of food and eat about 15 bites off of it and be done. Well, early on, I learned that my grandmother's big-ass purse that she carried was for two purposes. One, for Kleenexes, and for two, Ziploc bags. Okay? Well, she's eating her food. Next thing I know, out come these damn Ziploc bags. And she's loading her food up into the bag. My grandmother can't do that at a buffet. She goes, I'm old and feeble. They'll let me do it. Sure enough, our waiter comes along and he's like, well, ma'am, you just pack whatever you want in there. Well, fine. So she does this everywhere we go. Doesn't matter where it is. Well, she traded out purses one particular time. And we go to the Golden Corral. Now, grandmother loved steak. Okay, She couldn't eat it very often because she had false teeth, but she did love steak. And if she found it cooked soft enough to where she could eat it, she'd grab what she could have. Sure enough, she goes up there and gets the steak, and she's in heaven. She's got this great big old piece of steak that covers probably her whole plate. She goes to whip out this Ziploc bag, and guess what? She doesn't have him. Uh-oh. She informs me that we'll be wrapping that steak up into a bunch of napkins. I'll be putting it under my hat and carrying it out. <laughs> and I said, no, I will not. Now, very rarely did my grandmother pull the I'm your grandmother card and you'll do what I tell you to do card. But she did right there. She leaned forward and informed me that she was my grandmother and I would do what I was, quote, damn well told, end quote, and to put it under my hand. So I walked out of that steakhouse just knowing I was going to get busted, told to take off my hat, and here I've got this big-ass piece of steak wrapped up in napkins under my hat. 
And so she told all of her little buddies in the in her little circle that she had. And listen, if you think little old ladies that are in their seventies and eighties don't go run around and act a fool, they do. Okay, they do. She goes. I'm doing. I'm going. Anytime. She's like, anytime y'all want to go out to eat at the at the Golden Corral, and y'all don't have your little bags, she said, my grandson will be glad to carry your steak out under his hat because he did mine. I'm like, yeah, under duress. Oh my she god. She goes, well, what are you going to do with a bunch of old ladies standing around you forcing you to do something? What are you going to do, fight back? I don't think so. <laughs> so that's my that's my story about uh, Golden Corral. I think about that every time I go in there. All right. So let's talk about the Hawkeye. You went from doctor to cook. <laughs> oh, no, I can't cook. The only thing... The only things that I can successfully cook, I can successfully cook a steak, okay? But I have a process for cooking steak that starts 48 hours before we ever eat the thing. Um, And I can cook Salisbury steak. That's about all I can cook. I can do individual meatloaves. But I can't do a meatloaf. Amanda, I made some. I made some really, really good homemade bean soup with ham and cornbread and everything over the weekend. Well, I have been wanting some cornbread. As a matter of fact, I thought about going out and making some today, but didn't have anything to go with sure. it. So I was like, "Well, better not." But don't ever ask me to make a grilled cheese. Ooh, grilled cheese. Is that Dudman cheese? Oh, I wish we had some. I wish we had that government cheese. That was the best stuff for grilled cheese sandwiches. Holy crap. Hey. I understand they're getting ready to start processing that again. And when they do, oh, hell yeah, I'll go buy a commodity box just for the cheese. By the way, the natives will be restless and fighting over that commodity cheese. Well, that's all Speaking right. of the government, um, have you heard anything at all about this? Um, I mean, I heard today about that corona. I have a hard time pronouncing it. Coronavirus. Yes. Yeah. Um, that they're that they're now saying that there could be a pandemic in the U.S. Yes. Um, I don't think it'll be that bad. And, you know, Alex Jones needs to stop passing that around on InfoWars. It wasn't uh, Alex Jones and InfoWars, Goofy. The, the, CDC, the CDC has said that um, there's going to have to be some additional precautions. And, and this is the most important part, um, in China they are topping 100 deaths a day. Now I'm gonna say. Well, here's the thing: are they are they weaponizing this thing? Hang on a second. He was weaponizing. Let's let's stop. Hang on a second. 